Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm here with Matt Williamson. Matt, how are things? Things are terrific. A little bit busy today, but this is the first day this week. I was not at Steeler Minicamp, so that was kind of nice. Slept in a little bit. How's everything with you? It's it's good. Summer break is here, so it's really good. Any noteworthy uh, things to share with us from Steelers camp? No, not really. Um, a, Antonio Brown... Wasn't mean about or anything, but he he criticized Lev Bell for not being there, and ever since that day, Brown hasn't showed up. So that that's great. I mean, that's you know typical AB type stuff. Uh, ben hasn't been there the last few days either. No biggie on any of those. And there were two injuries: Hawkins, a def- an offensive tackle, and McGee, a deep tight end. Both went down right in front of us as we were broadcasting. So, but all in all, pretty. Uh, Pretty un- uneventful, I would say. Yeah, that's that's probably a good thing this time of year. Yeah, right. That's what you're looking for. Well, Matt, today we are going to answer some more Dynasty questions. We're going to clean out our mailbag from our listeners. Uh, and as always, we've got some good ones. First question comes from Michael. Michael says, every fantasy football podcast host talks about trading back in Dynasty rookie drafts. That's the trend this year. How bad is it just to stay where I am, pick the best player? What percentage of your draft picks do you just pick without trading? Hmm. I, I think a lot of these, and, and this question is all about tiers, how, where you see a tier, uh, and and then obviously just how badly you want a specific player on your team. But if you come up and your pick is the one, one eight, one nine, this year I don't see a ton of difference between that pick and the one twelve. So that's where I would be trying to trade back. Um, one, two is another spot. I've seen people trying to trade back, maybe stay in that top four or five, but, but move back from the second overall pick, but that's all easier said than done. It is, you you know, you want to get good value for those picks and you can't always do that. It's, it's not always really possible. Even if you make maybe a below market value offer, a lot of a lot of people seem to feel pretty similarly about these rookies. So sometimes you are just forced to to sit and take the player you like best, and that's that's not always a bad thing. No, it's not. And that's not the strategies, but I what I seem to find myself doing is you know you you go into the draft. I got X amount of picks, so I have an idea who's going to be there with each of those picks, and I've done enough drafts that I usually end up with one of these couple guys. But one thing I absolutely do in every rookie draft is when you get that email draft notification, this guy goes off the board and it wasn't somebody you wanted, you know, or it wasn't somebody you had ranked higher than who you, not somebody you would have taken. And that happens a couple times. Then I start going, okay, now it's time to be aggressive. I can't believe this dude is still on the board. He's my 12th ranked player and he's my, and it's pick 17. Now it's time to be aggressive to go get him. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like doing a couple drafts with you and, and talking talking through rookie drafts with you on here. It seems like you're more of a trade-up kind of guy than trade-back. Is that? Do you think that's usually the case? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, now that I think about it is when somebody's fallen, I pounce. And maybe that even cost me a future first or whatever. Or... one thing I noticed I do too is I'll trade a lot of my picks before the draft for young players I like 
and then go, you know, use more picks to go up and get, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think what my trends are. I mean, the one trend I definitely have is, for example, Sony Michelle was my third ranked running back and there's drafts where he lasts to five, six. I'm on the phone with those guys immediately, you know, looking to get into there. I mean, if I can get a guy on the cheap, I'm doing it. Yeah, that actually works pretty well into our next question. This comes from Keegan. He says, what would Leo Pasiga have written about you in his notebooks recently? So, of course, Leo, uh, one of our friends from DLF, we've had Leo on the show. It's been a long time. That was one of our first episodes. Uh, And he is pretty well known for keeping a dynasty notebook on all of his leagues and league mates, kind of scouting them out. Those are a couple of the things that you mentioned that Leo might have been noticing about you if you were in a league together. Anything else that stands out? Um, I don't know. I mean, I like my guys. I mean, one thing I absolutely noticed is if I'm at a part of a draft and I'm not excited about my pick, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to make a deal to get out. And I, I also think that when somebody you really like falls, it's never too much to go get them. I mean, obviously there's a price, but I mean, uh, it, it, to get to pay the the one seven price for a guy you have ranked one three, Michelle in this case, is Good business no matter what, even if it costs you a future pick that you didn't want to get rid of or a player you didn't want to get rid of. If it's a fair deal for 107, but you get 103, then it's a great deal. That makes sense. I kind of babbled there a little bit. No, no, that, I think that does make sense. I, I was trying to think of some of my own uh, trends, I guess, as you said. And this, yeah. is, this is probably a really important really important thing to go through is just to kind of do some self-analysis because whatever you might notice about yourself, your league mates are probably noticing about you as well. One thing I've noticed about you being in leagues with you and certainly doing this podcast, but more so even being in leagues with you that you've seen top gun, right? Yes. I mean, I feel like as an owner, I'm much more maverick and you're much more Iceman. you know, that I'll make the giant move. Yeah. It's risky to go up. But you're no mistakes, steady. The pick, I never see you make a pick, and I go, hmm, I don't understand that one. I mean, it's always a lot of doubles off the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, and it's a great way to live. I mean, no mistakes is huge. Well, I, I wish that were really well, the case. right, right, right. <laughs> Nobody does that. Sure. All right. Next question from Mike: How long term versus short term should our thinking be on rookie running backs in dynasty drafts? Penny looks to have a big opportunity early, but two years out, Chubb might well be the better bet. The short careers for running backs looms over all this, and he's exactly right in that. I still, I still think you have to view running backs, even with some of these young, talented guys that we've seen enter the league the past two or three years you have to view them in a shorter window than you might with running backs. I'm sorry, with wide receivers or, or quarterbacks, even just the the injuries we've seen the running back by committee players go from starters to, to halftime players in, in less than a year's time. And that's not to say that, that Penny or Chubb or, or any of these other strong rookies from, or strong players from this, this 2017 class would do that. But it has to be in the back of your mind. I think you have to view these running backs in like a one to two year window. Yeah, I basically agree with you. So I think we agree that if a guy gets drafted to a bad situation where he's 
quote blocked, and we know that can change the drop of a hat, like Kareem Hunt. That you know we saw what happened yeah. there. That running back more so than the other three positions, that's going to lose value for you, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you agree with me that I would rather have Nick Chubb in a vacuum than Rashad Penny, especially for real football? But I mean, I think he's a better prospect than Penny. Yes. Yeah. But who do you have ranked higher right now? I think I do actually have Chubb ranked higher, but okay, I do too. But they are they are in the same tier, and I mean, I think those are those are the ones Mike is asking about, or is at least using as an example. And and those are two great ones because obviously Chubb does have the tougher competition in front of him or beside him at least, while Penny seems to have this this clear path. And I think you know you have to consider that that has to. Uh, sure. Give a little bit, yeah, right. That has to give a little bit of an edge to Penny again, especially like you just said. If you are a contender, if you are in that win now, uh, if you have that win now type team, so but what about like Rashad Jones? You know, neither one of us loved him, and I think I liked him a little more than you pre draft, but what a great landing spot! I mean, if Chubb would have been a buccaneer, he'd clearly be number two, right? In rookie drafts. Right. Are you referring to Ronald Jones? Right. Right. Yeah. If yeah. Chubb would have, if the Bucks would have drafted Chubb instead of Jones, we would be all jumping on Chubb at one two. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I think so. And and that's kind of that uh, pre-draft analysis or evaluation of a player that that comes into um, into account. I mean, Jones certainly gained some value, quite a bit of value, with that landing spot. But you're right. If it were Chubb or if it were Penny or Geis or any of those guys at at Tampa, then I think there wouldn't wouldn't be much question about who the one point two was. See, I so, still have question there though. Like if Penny would have went there, I would have him ranked where I have Jones. I, I don't think Penny and Jones are nearly as good as Geis, Michelle, Chubb. Okay. So I would not have elevated them for landing spot because Penny's landing spot is pretty darn good. So to go back to Mike's original question, how how much should we think long-term versus short-term, you're still weighing the talent pretty heavily here, regardless of situation. Yeah, I am. Okay. Other question with these rookie running backs, this one from Adam. How do Chubb, Penny, and Geis rank amongst uh, some of the 2017 rookies? He mentions Fournette, Cook, Kamara, Hunt, Mixon, and McCaffrey. Chubb, Penny, Geis. Okay. So I, I've got my list here, and I don't know, maybe this isn't a surprise, but I've got all of the 2017 guys ahead of all the 2018 players. Not Barkley, though. <clears throat> no, no. Adam right. didn't mention Barkley. He would right, be a right. different piece. Yeah, he would he would certainly be in the mix at the top of the list. But um with the players he mentioned, the 2017 guys, along with Chubb, Penny, and Geis, let's just go. Do you have yours here ready? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's go one for one. I've got Kamara at the top. Yes. I have Kareem Hunt next. I have Cook, but then okay. Hunt. Yep, I have Hunt and then Cook, so that's that's pretty close there. I have McCaffrey next. I have Fournette. And I have Fournette after him. I go Fournette, Mixon, McCaffrey. All right, so I've I've got those same three, McCaffrey, Fournette, Mixon. And okay. then I have the three rookies Geis, Chubb, and Penny. Yeah, I then go Geis, Michelle, Chubb, Penny. Right. Penny's my 22. That's pretty. That's the lowest guy. 
I bet you're yeah. higher on him than no, I have Jones 20. I'm sorry. I got Jones 20, Penny 22. So I have them down in the Derrick Henry, Jordan Howard, Kenyon Drake range. Yeah, I'd say I'd say you're certainly lower than consensus on Penny. Uh, Rashad Penny, which we'll see what happens. Are, are, are you worried about the offensive line? Are you worried about the offense in general? Do you just not love the player? I don't love the player. I, I don't love the situation. I think that offense is going to be bad. I think they're going to lose a lot of games. Um, the line is far from perfect, but I also think a new offensive line coach will help, and I think there's more talent on that line than people realize. So I like the situation more than I like the player with Penny. Okay. So it's it's not that offensive line or or the or the it factors yeah. in. Yeah, but it's it's more the talent or like you'd much rather Penny than Derrick Henry or Jordan Howard or Drake. Yes. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I hear you. I mean there's a good argument for that. All right. John has a couple of questions. Buy low running backs that you think will have an immediate have immediate production. So some cheap running backs that we might get some numbers out of this year maybe even be able to plug in as bi-week starters i've got a few any come to your mind what's the asking price on tevin coleman because i think he could be a big time guy next year yeah i think in a mckinnon type way i think he's going to cost a first rounder probably a late first rounder i I bought him for the 1.11 in a in a rookie draft recently i'd rather coleman than 111 so i guess he's a buy for me I went a little deeper on, yeah. on my list. Rex Burkhead. Uh, I think, wow, that's pretty deep. I think he could certainly see some, still see some significant playing time and, and play a role this year. You, you're probably down on him if you like Michelle as much as you do. Is that true? I do. Although I think Burkhead's a really good player. I don't know that Jeremy Hill or certainly Gillisley will make that team. Burkhead was the goal line guy and he can do a lot of things for you. So, I don't have a, I don't have any qualms with that. With Tariq Burkhead. Cohen, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So I was just going to say with Burkhead, I'm actually more worried about injuries than I am mm. Sony Michelle's role or, or James White or anybody else there. Really last year was his first year to have a chance at some significant playing time. And he, he had trouble staying healthy. So I, I'm worried that might be a trend. Kenneth Dixon's a guy I can't quit. And my hunch is the Ravens agree with me. Because they didn't draft the running back. Collins is only signed for one more year. I think Dixon's not done yet. And you can get him awfully cheap right now. I've seen him on some waiver wires even. Wow. Yeah. Um, some other guys I had written down. Isaiah Crowell, uh, I think, is just kind of being forgotten. I, I think he's a better player than than Bilal Powell. So I expect yeah. him to see the bulk of those carries. I don't know if those will be good carries, but we've seen Crowell and Forte be productive in recent years. So no matter what that Jets team looks like in the win-loss column, uh, Crowell could be a value. Gio Bernard is prob- would probably top this list for me. Um, kind of like Burkhead, I, I, I don't think he is done as a fantasy option, uh, even with Mixon there in Cincinnati. Uh, if you can figure out the... Oakland situation those those veterans are certainly cheap Lynch and Martin I'm kind of staying away from that but those those two would be options Corey Clement in Philadelphia is actually starting to get some uh, get some buzz he's he may not be a buy low option much longer and then Theo Riddick kind of old reliable PPR running back from the Lions of course what about Darren Sproles like he was available in a rookie draft you know how 
some people might not know this, but if the veterans aren't on a team, you can draft them in a rookie draft. I almost took him like with my fifth round pick. Yeah. I mean, he just, he, he ends up <laughs> on waiver wires this, um, this time of year, every off season pretty much. And then he just continues to produce. Of course he had, had that nasty injury last year uh, and, and missed a big chunk of the year. I, I actually kind of thought he was done. I thought he would either retire or the Eagles would, would just go ahead and part ways with him. Uh, but he's back and, and there's talk that Wendell Smallwood or, or one of these other young guys, maybe, maybe two of those young guys will not make the team. But Sproles already seems like a lock very early in this process. He's definitely the best receiver on that team at the right. position. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I, I could see him just – he's never going to win the week for you. No, no, but he's another guy that, that's on waiver wire. So yeah, for free, if you have an open roster spot, not a bad option. You could start him when your guys are all on buys and, you know, you can live with it. Yeah. Uh, while I have everyone's attention, I want to tell everyone about Harry's. And I've said this to you many times, but I can't stress it enough that they hooked me years before Dynasty Blueprint was ever in existence. And uh, they were a sponsor for another podcast I did, and I tried them out, and I'm hooked. I mean, I use them every day. Uh, That's no lie. I've been telling you that forever. Harry stands behind the quality of their blades. They know that switching razors is not an easy decision, so they've made it really easy here for you to try. So they created this trial offer. Claim yours by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at a fair fair price. Their founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with all kinds of unnecessary features. They knew a great shave comes down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts. That's why they bought a factory that's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world for now over 95 years. By selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand. It's only two bucks a blade as opposed to four, five, six that you'll find with these other ones. Quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. So there's nothing to lose here. So you get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. A weighted, wonderful handle, five, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support our show. Next question comes from Brazil. Uh, Should I sell veteran wide receivers like Julio Jones and AJ Green for running backs with upside? He mentions uh, Tevin Coleman, Ronald Jones, plus future first. And he says he heard the 2019 uh, class is wide receiver heavy. It sure is. I just finished a rookie mock draft for 2019 that will be uh, released at DLF in the next few days. And I think of the 12 players that I projected in the first round, I think nine were wide receivers, I believe. So uh, think about what this year looked like running backs versus receivers in that first round and uh, just, just flip it around. That's what we might see. Quick question for you. Yep. As, as we've talked about, and as you just said, it's a very strong receiver draft. Is it also a weak running back draft? I I think it is. Um, I mean, you've got, you've got David Montgomery who is probably viewed as the top, 
you can say dynasty Devi, whatever, however you want to view that right now, the top fantasy prospect, uh, of course, Bryce love from Stanford who went back to school. Uh, I, I have some concerns about him, mm-hmm. but he he'll have that name value at least, uh, as a, as a Heisman, probably we can probably say Heisman front runner heading into the college football season at this point. And, and then obviously, several other guys but i think it's it's just a shallow class i would say okay that's kind of what i've heard too and look the research i've done there's not a ton of names so again his question are we selling veterans like julio jones and aj green for coleman in a first ronald jones in a first i personally would want more than that yeah quite a bit more actually and and this depends on the Roster state of your team a lot big time. right if if you're rebuilding, then I probably don't want I probably don't want running backs in general. I'd rather have multiple first round picks, or I'd rather have some young wide receivers that will not only last through my rebuild, but when I am ready to contend, they're still going to be producing. Uh, See, if, I think that's the point a, to make here. That was great by you, but saying, you know, if you have if you're struggling. I, I don't know what situation I would say it's a good idea to trade AJ Green for Coleman in the first. You know what I mean? Like I don't think there is right. One. Like yeah. what state of your team makes that a smart move? I, yeah. I can't come up with it. No, I, I think it, I think in the bottom line here is that you you need more for those guys. I understand wanting to sell them at this point of their career. I have uh, made a couple trades dealing those guys away, but I've I, I'm I've just tried to take that step down Devonte Adams is a guy I've targeted. I'm not sure you can do that anymore. I'm uh, sure you love Amari still. Right. Cooper would still be a target for me at that point. You what know, if you I, went down another tier like Corey Davis or Juju in a first for green or Julio? Uh, I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Um, and, okay. and to me, Corey Davis or Juju are worth quite a bit more than Tevin Coleman and Ronald Jones. So if yeah, you're getting a guy like that plus a pick, I can see that deal. Allen Robinson would be another player to maybe target in that move down. Jarvis Landry, I'm I still like. I know people are worried uh, about him in this new situation, so uh, I don't mind the idea. I just want more out of that deal. Yeah, I mean, if I want young veterans, I want them to be wide receivers, right? Next question from Chris. If you were at one, two or one, three, and you could pick up an additional second by trading back, how far back would you feel comfortable trading? So again, we talked about moving back and rookie drafts earlier in the show. If I'm at one, two or one, three, I think the tier maybe goes down to five. So I want to stay in that tier. And if I have a favorite guy, like yours might be Michelle or or Chubb, uh, whether it's, those guys or Penny or guys, whoever it might be, I don't think a future second or an additional second is necessarily worth losing your guy. Uh, now, if, if you right. value all four of those guys or or if you want to include Jones in that group or whoever it might be, if you value all those players about the same and you're happy to get any of them, then sure, grab the extra second. But other than that, I'm probably just sticking – with my pick it, it again it depends on how you view the tiers and how you value the players yeah and it's funny because i have one more rookie draft i mean like i said i'm in like six or seven leagues this team's pretty bad and it's rebuilding and it's young and i have some pieces but i have one two and then i don't pick again till two two 
I've got two ten. I've got three thirds. I've got a bunch of futures. So I have equity to move up. But sitting there at two two, Barclays going to be gone. But I, my tier is Barclays on a tier, Michelle and Geiser on a tier, and then you know the next guys, Jones and Penny and that crew, Chubb. So I offered a dude that has two three. I offered him two two and three nine for one three and two nine. So I wanted him to drop around to move one pick. And he wrote me a nasty letter back saying no chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> because Michelle and Geis are the same to me. So <laughs> uh, my so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take Geis at two. And I hope Michelle falls to five, six, like most people have them. And then I'm going to try to bundle up a bunch of picks and try to get both. Yeah, I like that plan. I think I think that does make sense. Trading back in that situation would be probably ideal. But like we said earlier, it's, sometimes it's easier said than done. You just can't yeah, find right. That, that right partner. And I could trade probably to two, four and probably get Geis or Michelle. And if I didn't, I could still get out of that pick. I mean, but I'll probably just stick at two and hope Michelle falls and hope he doesn't listen to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Next question comes from Thad. Can you make the case to take an elite wide receiver, age 25 or 26? He's mentioning Hopkins and uh, OBJ here versus Mm -hmm. elite running backs who are younger in that 20 to 23 range. Barkley, Elliott, Kamara. And he says, I know wide receivers play longer, get hurt less, but the running backs are three to five years younger and they, they're scoring just as many fantasy points. So if you look at the latest dynasty ADP, you still have uh, Hopkins and Beckham near the top. They're certainly ahead of all of these other guys that were mentioned, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara. What do you think here? How are you valuing these receivers in general versus the running backs. Well, you know, like how dog years are supposed to like multiply seven or whatever. I feel yeah. like, I feel like that, that he's talking about really the same age of players, you know, that Elliot and Odell are really the same age, give or take, you know what I mean? Like running back years to wide receiver conversion chart that, yeah, they're young, but Odell's going to play longer. Most likely, you know, that, so you can make a strong argument that you should take, Keenan Allen ahead of Kareem Hunt. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're kind of equal. So just depends how you want to build. Right. So I, I think what you have to look at, look at and, and I can't remember who did this work. I wish I could. I believe it was over at Football Guys, and it's been, it's been years now. Uh, but they used to talk about quality years remaining. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, right. So – Beckham and Beckham might be 25 or 26 and Zeke is 22 or three, whatever he is, but maybe they have the same amount of quality years remaining or, or or maybe even Beckham has more. Uh, Right. so, So you can't, I don't think it's fair just to compare age to age with, with these players across position. Right. I agree. However, I also think I put a little more value in a back that's an every down guy. I mean, I think that's a rarity, even though we're seeing more of them. And because of that, if I'm in a startup, I probably lean towards those top stud, do-it-all, high-touch running backs 
over the Adams and Allen and Thomas types because I also think that there's a receiver that I'll feel a lot more comfortable starting and liking in the fourth round than running back. So let's, let's focus on Barkley a little bit since he's kind of the new guy in the group. If you're doing a startup dynasty draft right now, how high are you taking him? Well, he's my third running back behind Gurley and Zeke. And I might move him to two because I'm worried about the Cowboys offense this year. Right. And, and Elliot hasn't proven to me that he's a able and ample receiver. I actually did uh, the same thing today. I updated, updated my running back rankings and moved Barkley to two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm really leaning towards the two as I sit here and look at these. And I think I would take Barkley probably if I had the one, two pick, but I would really try to trade back. So you're taking Barkley over. Are you taking Barkley over Hopkins or? Yeah, over any receiver. So to Thad's question, you you are in general good with Barkley or Zeke or Kamara, at least in the same conversation versus Hopkins and Beckham. Yes, I yeah. am. Is Gurley your number one overall? Yes, but boy, if I have one one, I would really be looking to get to one six and pick something up and get one of these guys and let them decide who I end up with. Yeah, I want to, um, I think we're going to have time here as we get through these last couple of questions. Uh, We've got some brand new June ADP data, and I want to go through just the first round with you, but this is all making me think the end of the first round is, is really the place to be in a startup draft this year. If you can, if you have your choice, and I know a lot of leagues do that, they uh, allow owners to pick their spot. If you can pick that, 9, 10, 11, 12 spot, I think you're you're going to be uh, very happy with your start. See, I'm sitting here thinking I'd want like five or six so that I get Odell, Hopkins, Gurley, Barkley, Elliott, Johnson, that neighborhood. Well, we'll, we'll take a look at the first yeah. round. Yeah, soon, yeah. And I think, like I said, I think you'd be happy with it. Next question from Tyson. How do we value 2019 first compared to 2018 first? Also, did 2018 live up to the hype it had for two years. How did they ever live up to the hype? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that's a lot of hype. Fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, 2017 lived up to the hype now that we're a year in, right? No, yeah, you're right. The Kamaras and Hunts that we didn't see coming or home runs. Yeah, that guys like that helped. I don't I don't know. Maybe this is just short-sightedness or, or a short memory on my part. I, I don't re- I don't know how much hype there was. I mean, obviously Barkley kind of quarterback hype right Barkley kind of carried the class uh as far as the attention he got but this Um, time last year Geis and Barkley were kind of neck and neck too though weren't they I'd say they were closer and and you would still see you would still see the occasional analyst or or just any dynasty player who would prefer Geis and those people have either changed their mind or just decided to be quiet. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's almost unanimous. We've got at, at DLF, we have rookie draft ADP that we have pulled from MFL. There's, there's right around a thousand actual rookie drafts that, that have taken place. And, wow. and this pulls in the data. Let's go over it. I think that's really interesting. And I know, I know that whatever the formula formula is kicks out the, the outlier. So the top, maybe the top 5% and the bottom 5% of picks are 
are booted out of the data to kind of get that. That's good. Yeah. That middle subset, but Barkley's ADP across several hundred drafts is 1.0. Just one. Number one overall. Okay. It's just not even 1.04. I mean, it's right. Right. Consensus. It's just just one. Okay. Like, have you ever seen that? Like, was Elliot like that? Um, yeah, I mean, again, if you if you eliminate those outliers, then yeah, I think Elliot yeah. was like that. Maybe Reggie Bush was like that, okay. but that's going uh, back away. Yes, yeah, it's 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 fairly rare. Going back to Tyson's question, 2019 first versus 2018 first. I think it, it's pretty similar to to every year. If I get down to the one nine, one ten, one eleven range, the end of the first. I would consider selling that pick for a random future first. Uh, We've talked a little bit about the 2019 class loaded at wide receiver, uh, David Montgomery at running back, Bryce Love at running back, a couple other guys. I think quarterback is going to be similar to this year in that there's going to be some volume, but I think we're looking at a, a full step down. So to me, the the best quarterback prospect at this point is Justin Herbert from uh, from Oregon, Oregon. Yeah. and I would put him behind at Trevor least Mayfield and yeah, at least three, at least three or four of these guys in this class. So uh, I think there there we might see three or maybe even four first round NFL draft quarterbacks, uh, but it, the the quality overall I think is is a step lower than what we've got this year. There was one phrase you used, though, that I don't think applies during a rookie draft in real time and when you're actually making trades is a random future first, because at least this upcoming year, a future 19 first, because I really think if you're making a trade for a future first, you can't say, boy, this is going to be 112 or this is going to be 1-1, but I put them in three groups, early, middle, late, you know, and you you could get burned, but this team's a contender. It's going to be a late one. You know, that's a lot different than, boy, this guy doesn't know what the heck he's doing. I want his first and I'll give you everything in the world for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. But, but in general, I think, I think the way we're valuing 18 first versus 19 first is pretty much the same. We always do. I know on an earlier episode, immediately after the draft, I had said, I'd prefer all of these first rounders versus a 2019 first. And I, I don't think that's the case anymore. If it gets down to Sutton Ridley range, um, carry on Johnson. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably willing to sell for a future first, especially if I do think it, it has a chance to be a non-playoff first. Mm-hmm. And it sure is nice going through the season with an extra future first. If you're you know, if come trade deadline and you're a contender and that gets you I don't know. I mean, you end up getting Zach Ertz out of it or something and you needed a tight end, you know, like having those cards in your hand during the season to make a run, to put money in your wallet is sure nice to have. Right. How does Hunter Henry's injury affect his status on your rankings? We haven't talked about him going down because he's out for the year. Right. Out for the year. I, I actually, I don't think I've updated my rankings with, my tight end rankings. I need to do that. I, I'm not I, sure I'm going to move him much, honestly. I just did. I moved him from five to six. Well, that's not much. <laughs> right. I put, the, <laughs> I put the Joku over him, but I didn't move Howard over him. And mostly because I don't like any of the tight ends. 
you know, like from five to twenty, I don't want any of it. Yeah, I think kinda. I'm I'm gonna see where I have him. Oh, let I me think... give you some names. I mean, here's my I got Najoku at five, Henry at six, Howard at seven. Then there's a big gap to me in Kyle Rudolph and Jimmy Graham and George Kittle and Olsen and Burton. I can't put Henry below any of those guys, Rudolph or Graham or Kittle. Yeah, my, my chairs look a little different right now. Yeah. Again, before any update, uh, I, I had I've got Henry at five, so same spot you had him. Okay. I have Injoku at six, uh, and I, I think I probably Will would. You move them? I think I would make that flip flop at the very okay. least, like you did. Uh, then I've got a couple of guys you didn't mention. I've got Trey Burton at seven, and Mike Gasecki at eight, uh, and wow. then I have and then I have Howard. So. Do you love Burton and Gasecki or do you just hate all these guys I keep mentioning, like Kyle Rudolph and Graham? Yeah, a little uh, bit of both. A little yeah. bit of both. Um, and, and I mean, knowing kind of knowing the market a little bit on the tight ends, I, I feel like I can overpay for Burton or Gasecki and still be able to get Rudolph or Ebron or Olsen or Delaney Walker cheap and and, and be and just fine. Them. Right. I mean, that's a nice thing. That's one thing that holds me back with Najoku and Howard and, you know, Gasecki is you, it's really hard to click the box to start those guys in week one. Yeah, you're ranking those guys as tight end ones, sometimes as mid tight end ones like I had them. And, and then it comes week one and, and you, yeah, you can't you can't, you pull the trigger. You, yeah, right. you can't put them in your lineup. So yeah, uh, Jordan Reed or something, hopefully, or, you know, and he's healthy by chance or Eifert or somebody like that. By chance. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of those is healthy. Right. It's one of those fluky weeks where he's active. <laughs> right. Charles Clay's a guy I like for that, though. Like, you I'll, can get him for nothing. Yeah. But I love having him on my roster. Well, Walker as well. I, I was looking. Yeah, at, good point. I was looking at the numbers last week. Delaney Walker has been a top five tight end three years in a row. That doesn't surprise me. And I don't see it dropping off this year. Even if Corey Davis gets more of a market share and all that. Walker's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. Actually, we've got three questions from Jerry. We'll try to get to all of them. How do the values of Mike Evans and OBJ compare now? And what is their rough value in future picks? So uh, those are a couple interesting players to compare. Of course, Beckham Mm -hmm. is, uh, had the leg up in value pretty much throughout their careers. And actually, just last year when Beckham suffered that season-ending injury, according to our ADP, Evans basically moved up into uh, a tie or even slightly ahead of uh, ahead of Odell, and now it's gone the other way. I, I mentioned this earlier on Twitter. Beckham's ADP right now is 118 that is the lowest it's been since November of 2014. That was his rookie year. So for, what, three and a half years, I guess? That's his lowest ADP in three and a half years. His value is heading in the wrong direction. Uh, Beckham is maintaining. He's the first player overall in our June ADP. Uh, so the, the value of these guys is uh, growing more and more different, maybe, maybe every day. Uh, their value in future picks. I mean, I think both are still worth multiple first rounders. I don't think you yeah. can acquire. I don't think you can acquire either one with just rookie picks, unless you're somehow paying. I mean, Barkley would get you. I mean, without Barkley involved, but would you rather have Odell or one, two, and one, three. Odell. Odell. Yeah. 
I actually just pulled up a trade I made. I traded Odell and Hyperactive 2 in February. So I got back a future first, pick 312, who cares, Corey Coleman, eh, OJ Howard, and Keenan Allen. Like, would you do Keenan Allen and a future first for Odell? That in itself I thought was pretty even. Yeah, I mean, I think... I was worried until you got to Keenan Allen. Right. <laughs> I think last, yeah. yeah um, Allen is a guy whose value is growing as well. So, and it, it's actually pretty close to Mike Evans at this point. Those, yeah, those right. are probably good guys to compare. Uh, I think you did okay in that deal. Uh, if you think that Howard is maybe worth a late first, early second, mm-hmm. um, who was the other uh Corey Coleman? Yeah, yeah. His, his... Hey, three twelve and Corey Coleman are throw-ins and yeah, get something out of it. But so I mean, maybe you could have gotten a little a little bit more out of that deal, but not much. Mm-hmm. But as far as Evans and Beckham versus future draft picks, uh, which is what Jerry's asking, I mean, they're both worth I'd say they're both worth at least three first rounders. Now, like you yeah. mentioned earlier, if you know I'm one great. of those is if you know one of those is the the heavy favorite to be the 101 that changes things. If you know all three of those are coming from playoff teams, that changes things. And and that's why we use that term random first. I think they're each worth at least three random first. Beckham probably worth more than that. I also traded Evans in another league. This is back in April. So pre-draft, I traded Evans, Isaiah Crowell, three, five and Blau Powell. They're not really worth anything, but basically Isaiah Crowell and Evans for Michael Thomas. That's the good part. One ten, a future second Malcolm Mitchell, Devonte Booker before they drafted Freeman. Yeah. See there. I think you did well. I mean, at, at this that was point, a no brainer. He offered me that. I said, accept. Yeah. At this point, Thomas and, and Evans are value wise, essentially interchangeable. I can make he, the argument. I'd rather have Thomas. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Jerry also asked about Alex Collins. Couldn't give away Alex Collins during our rookie draft. Am I lucky he's still on my roster? I know yeah. you've got some you've got some doubts about Alex Collins in general, but I'm a Dixon fan, but I think Collins is pretty good. He's young. Yeah. And he's the starter. He's the starter. So, he was good last year. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't want to give him away. Would you trade him for an early second rounder where you draft Gallup or Miller or Gasecki or somebody like that? Probably not. If I'm a contender, I'd probably give up 111-ish for him. Like I'd rather, kind of like the Tevin Coleman conversation, but I'd rather have Coleman. Hmm. Okay. I think I would sell for, for a second rounder and get... I have him right next to Royce Freeman in my list. So Freeman's, but although Freeman's going like 1-9. Right, so sounds like actually you're kind of high on Alex Collins. Yeah, and I'm also high on Dixon, though. So uh, not that – I mean, I'm giving up future thirds for Dixon, though. I mean, I'm just taking a shot. Yeah. All right, uh, before we wrap up here, I do want to share our first round of our new June ADP. We'll roll through this really quickly and, and get out of here. Uh, I already mentioned it. Odell Beckham is sitting at the top uh, still, so he's – has an ADP of 1.8. Uh, any any problem with Beckham as the top guy off the board? Wouldn't be my pick, but I totally get it. He's awesome. I mean, okay. He scores so many touchdowns. 
So for for quite a while, it's been Beckham and Hopkins at the top. It's different this uh, this month. It's Todd Gurley, second overall. His ADP actually is 2.0. He went first overall in a couple of the drafts we did. Uh, So he's our second guy. You already mentioned he was your top pick, so no issue there, I'm sure. No. Hopkins comes in third, just right behind Gurley, 2.2, an ADP of 2.2. And and those are pretty clearly the top three players based on our data. I'd probably uh, pick Hopkins around one five, one six. Like, I'd rather Barkley, Elliott, David Johnson. See, I know I mean, I'm I, in, the, in the minority, but yeah, I can, I can, I can get behind Barkley and Elliott. Maybe Johnson is tougher for me versus Hopkins, but mm-hmm. uh, those, those are the next three guys off the board. Elliott is fourth. Barkley is fifth. I threw this out on Twitter earlier today, and, and of course that that got a lot of feedback that Barkley is now a top five player according to our, our dynasty ADP and uh, w- without playing an NFL game yet. Some people had some, some concerns about that. David Johnson is sixth. So that's the first half of the first round, Beckham, Gurley, Hopkins, Elliot, Barkley, and David Johnson. Is it Hopkins? The the one guy in that group that you're probably not going to, ha- to have on many of your rosters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like there's nothing against them. It's just I like those backs. Yeah. All right. Number seven overall is Antonio Brown. And actually, we actually kind of a tie, I guess, for seventh. Um, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, both the Steelers, have an ADP of 7.5. So they slot in uh, seventh and eighth in whichever order you want to put them. I'd much rather have AB than Bell. And I have Kamara ahead of Bell. Uh, I would agree on both of those. Yeah. Okay. And I'm leaning uh, towards cooked over bell, but I can't quite do that. Yeah, I'm close. I, I, as we said earlier, I've got hunt ahead of cook, but I've got them both right behind mm-hmm. uh, Le'Veon bell and my running back rankings. Uh, so we've got the Steelers teammates at 7.5. That was seven and eight, eight and nine. Another pair of teammates, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Uh, so again, we were talking about Thomas versus Evans, and Thomas does show up ahead of Evans in this month's ADP. That's the first time that's happened, I think, in maybe maybe ever. Actually, I bet. I bet yeah. Uh, any any issue with Thomas or Kamara late in the first round? No, I think Kamara. That's a good value for me on Kamara. I do have Evans slightly over Thomas. Yeah, you do have Evans over Thomas. Yeah, but I could be convinced either way. Yeah. Okay. And that's those are the guys I was thinking of when I said you pick in that back half of the first, you get one of the Saints, mm-hmm. and then you come back early in the second round, and you get Hunt or Adams or Cook or Fournette or Cooper. And that is now, a nice start, right? Versus <laughs> if you're at the top of the draft, you're getting Gurley or Odell. Right. You're getting Beckham or Gurley. And then late in the second, you're getting Melvin Gordon or Allen Robinson or somebody like that. AJ so, Green, maybe. Right, right. Okay. okay. Uh, the yeah. rest of the first round, we'll just finish it up. Uh, so it was Thomas and Kamara at 9 and 10. Mike Evans is 11. Keenan Allen is 12. So Keenan Allen sneaks into the first round. That leaves Julio Jones, Hunt, Adams, Cook, Fournette, Cooper, Green, Diggs, McCaffrey, Gordon. Those are kind of the next several names that are making up that second round. It's funny because my top six running backs and my top six wide receivers are the 12 names you named. And I think Dalvin cook would be my 13th pick. If I, if I was sitting there two Oh one and those 12 were gone, 
I'd probably take Dalvin Cook. So Cook entered the league with uh, with a little bit of an injury history at Florida State, and we know how his rookie season went for him. Are you worried about injuries or durability or any of that with Hunt? And I don't love their offensive line either. With Cook? A little, yeah. I mean, he's smaller. He has all those things you said. That's really my only knocks on him. And we just haven't seen a lot of him in a Vikings uniform, you know, so he gets a little bit of an incomplete grade, but I still am pretty high on him. Yeah, the upside is, is too big for you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks to all our listeners for the questions. We appreciate those. And we will be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint. 